0: The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DiPietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering, let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system, energy-efficient, quiet, you listening to the john DePetro show folks weekdays we start at 11 we go till 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website petro.com it's time for our segment politics this week join me he is the managing editor of state current.com it's justin katz and justin let's start off with um well saturday night there was a protest saturday at the rhode island state house number of the uh protesters have been hanging around walking around the city and lo and behold they end up Saturday night in front of the home of governor Gina Raimondo. And whereas last time they were there for a very brief period of time and chanting and so forth. This time, uh, they stayed, they stayed for, they were there a good 90 minutes. They had food. I'm also hearing that it's possible the restaurant that provided the food to them offered to buy them dinner. If they would uh, protest in front of the governor's house, she was not there. But um, the police. I was there, Providence, and also Rhode Island uh, State Police. They basically let them just stand there at a bullhorn, uh, yelling obscenities, demanding a meeting with her, and that this is all part of the the whole element of the um, the situation about the defunding of the police.
1: Right. Well, I mean, in that regard, the <laughs> the demands are. are pretty unserious. I think they want a, a 70% reduction in the, the budget of the Providence police this year. All of that to go to general, generally progressive causes and, and affordable housing and that sort of thing. Uh, so that it's not ex- terribly serious. Uh, the majority of them are white. It's not clear how many actually live in a city and certainly how many actually live in, in kind of dangerous parts of the city. Nationally, we see that the people who actually live in neighborhoods where a lot of these these incidents happen between police and black men generally, uh, the people in those neighborhoods don't really want the police to go away because they know they help to keep some level of security. So there's there's some level of unseriousness about the demands and nationally we're seeing politicians start to back away from it, it a, a bit. Uh, what will be interesting to see is whether the people in neighborhoods that are affected by these, you know, now that the protests and we're seeing this nationally uh, now that they're moving out of those poorer neighborhoods um, and into neighborhoods such as Gina Raimondo's or the incident uh, in the South where the, the the lawyer and his wife went out with, with guns to ward people off their, their property. It'll, It'll be interesting to see if people start pushing back and demanding, you know, we can't have protesters on our block shouting swear words for 90 minutes every night. Uh, so that's, that's going to be an interesting balance to see. And I wonder how many, how many people quietly are changing their point of view on a, on a lot of issues. I, I mean, you, you see, as I mentioned with the lawyer, with the gun, uh, apparently he was a Democrat and out there, you know, wielding a weapon you you wonder if a lot of people are starting to think you know what maybe we do need to be able to have guns maybe we do need to move away from these progressive identity politics and the, they probably won't say it out loud so that that would create the opportunity for you know the the silent majority and kind of surprise turns of events in the elections and so those will be the indicators that i'll be watching for And you can hope for change probably not in rhode island though
0: there were a couple just side notes about this. They um, they would not give interviews to the media, and there were you know uh, the uh, obviously the journal was there, and the globe and the television stations. They did have printed cards they were handing out. Now, usually, I just got the impression that they were sent there, that they were instructed you know get there, do this, do that. Bullhorns. They did have uh, uh, dinner provided to them. By the way, this was on a Saturday night when Rhode Islanders, if you had more than fifteen. Right. You're going to get uh, called to the, the stitch line or whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, the, the police would be five hundred dollar fines. He who had I counted about 30 of them at one point, but it was tough to tell because they kind of come and go. And then there was some with them. They're young. Some of them. There were a couple of older people, but definitely young. I also heard the leader at one point say to someone, what time is it? Seven thirty. Oh, OK. All right. Then at seven thirty we can go. So if that was truly like they were in charge, it'd be maybe they're going to stay there till nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. What are you going to do? But it almost, to me, it it, it rang as if someone said, and stay there till seven 30, or, you know, I'll give you this if you go till seven thirty. Um What do you think, what should governor Amundo do? Should she meet with meet with them?
1: Well, I, I don't think so. And, you know, as you indicate, <laughs> it's not impossible that these are kind of paid protesters who just, you know, here's some money, go hang out here for an hour and a half, go with the bullhorn, have some fun uh, toward a political end. And so I if she if she meets with them or to the extent this kind of behavior gets gets anything, uh, it just in, encourages it uh, and creates the opportunity for more of it. And the, the to some extent, she can't meeting with them, not meeting with them help because they're getting the news media coverage. Uh, that they they want, and as you indicate on your website, they they just the news media is not going to neighbors' houses. What do you think of this? Um, no, they're not. They're not looking into who's funding it uh, or what. All right, who brought you that food? You know, they. I saw that they said it was homemade food. Uh, that seems kind of. All right, somebody's bringing trays of homemade food to an hour and a half, a spontaneous hour and a half protest. Uh, there's a lot that starts to not add up. And it's not being covered because the narrative is these are just you know, mostly peaceful protests responding to injustice uh, from the police. And I, so I, I don't think the governor should meet with them. I think, as I said earlier, nationally, some of the politicians are moving away from this because once once you start asking voters, what do you think of the idea of defunding police by 70 percent uh, in one year? you're going to get a lot of people saying, yeah, I'm not so in favor of that. And I, I so I, I think we're going to see this marginalized, but it'll keep going because, you know, it's an election year ploy. I mean, we, it, you can almost set your, set your calendar once you, it's like a reminder, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to remind to remind yourself to vote in November because you just watch for the, the race marches uh, and the news coverage of, of injustice in the streets and that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, there's, there'd be no point to meeting with them from the governor's, perspective because it's 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 really all indications seem to be it's a political action and until that's politically helpful for the governor which i don't think it is she probably won't meet with them
0: just um uh, two other quick notes on that number one as you know the governor has nothing to do with the budget of the providence police that would be mayor alorza they have been to alorza's house and by the way something else that was not mentioned in any of the reporting on this and even i just but the last time uh, this group was out was they They spray painted and they vandalized Councilman Igliosi's home and they uh, put, you know, they damaged his vehicle and flattened his tires. So I would just, you know, um, like to see a little more. There was no purpose there other than just being a complete stunt. And let's go into what was your thought on Governor Mundo uh, announced last week because Rhode Island's numbers are ticking up. That there is this uh hotline established now with the Rhode Island State Police that you're supposed to call uh say, "Hey, my neighbor has more than fifteen people uh the police the the way I understand the state police then call whatever your community is, but they are the the main part of this. And then, um, and then as a result of that, they could be up to $500 fines. What do you think of that, Justin
1: Katz? Well, not just that. It could be, my understanding, $500 per person. Per person. So per person. If, you're, yeah. if, you're, if you're over 15, you're talking about a, a, a minimum a fine of $8,000 uh, altogether, yeah. uh, which is, if you put it that way, I mean, $500 sounds like a lot, but it almost seems like they picked it to sound like a lot, but people would kind of say, all right, that's not you won't break the bank, but if you're talking 8,000 and if you acknowledge that number, it really starts to point the, a finger at what this this kind of overreach looks like. And the idea that we have a a whole unit, a new unit in the state police to crack okay. down on gatherings on private property, uh, you start to wonder where is that silent majority speaking up and saying, we're not going to accept this. Uh, and so, I, I mean, that may have to wait until people start actually feeling the, the crunch on it. Uh, but the what really jumps out at me is the the numbers do not substantiate or justify the escal escalating like this. I mean, they basically we've hit our. It seems like looking at the numbers, we've hit a steady stream of this is what we're going to have at this level of activity at this time of year with this virus. I just it's not it's not escalating. So if we've got all these. I mean, it's what, 100 people testing positive a day. Hospitalizations have been steady. And keep in mind, we're we're not talking people who are in the hospital because of the disease. They're just, they're there, they're tested, and they test positive while they're in the hospital for whatever reason, they're in the hospital. And deaths are almost, almost non-existent at this point, one to two a day. Uh, and again, possibly not even because of the disease, just with the disease. So the idea that with that Those results, and that's what we're seeing in the numbers, that we have to crack down to the extent of creating a new uh, police, a new unit in a police department, uh, to and asking neighbors to snitch on each other. It's, It's very disturbing, and I, I hope people start to start to wake up to that. Even if we're, even if you're frightened of the disease, even if you're wholly on board with the idea that people shouldn't be gathering, everybody should be wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera we're giving up quite a lot and we're ceding a lot of ground uh, to government and specifically to a single politician and governor to make these decrees that suddenly we all have to follow. And I, that's, that's very disturbing.
0: You know, do you think also um, it wasn't fully established Us and I was the one there even asking her the question, but it is the fine really, for instance, if it's, if it's 20 people, are the first 15 not find? It's only maybe the five after that. I, I'm very anxious to find out on Wednesday if there was anyone actually find or just wonder, you know, um, is this really designed for that? You know what else I, I wanted to mention is I believe Massachusetts, their gathering number is 50. So you have two states. We're on the hot list. They're not. We're at 15 people. Massachusetts no, gatherings, no more than 50 people. That that's another problem with it, Justin, and that is just, you know, how do you have two states side by side, and that that's and there's no mention. I haven't heard any type of mention of five hundred dollar fines, in a, a stitch line in Massachusetts. Have you now? Maybe they haven't. I just, but have you heard anything about that?
1: No, I haven't. And I think I think you're you're pointing to something that's important here. Is it's it's very it's it's almost it's almost arbitrary and almost as if we're not supposed to take it seriously. I mean, and that's what happens when the governor starts making decrees. We don't know what the fine, how it actually works, who it applies to, how it's composed, where it goes. That's the kind of result you get when there's a deliberative process through the legislature or even through a regulatory body that's authorized by the legislature to impose fines. You get this sort of detail of what this actually means. So it, it almost sounds like a well people aren't listening so let's let's announce a fine and we'll never actually use it but it's there and we can say it's there and it'll scare people and they're wearing their masks and that that just becomes a an arbitrary political decision and you can get that that can differ from one state to another because it's not actually serious it's not actually responding to a problem that it's it's just it's just a a way to manipulate people and so i, I that's how you end up with with these just arbitrary and foolish things. I mean even in Massachusetts they had to kinda of back off the idea with Governor Baker coming out and saying, No, Rhode Islanders, you can still go grocery shopping in our state. And it really emphasizes how how silly a lot of these these rules are, that you know, the same governors who are announcing new restrictions on their own authority, are then backing off and saying, well, no, we didn't really mean that. And even Governor Raimondo with with the fines and breaking up large gatherings said, oh, look, we're not looking to punish people. If you don't have masks, we'll give you masks. And so it's immediate. It's almost like a carrot stick, and you can't even take them seriously. And I think people tend to, as as just being human beings, and they will, in this case, just start to ignore it and say, well, these people are just talking. And that that starts to, if it is actually a dangerous pandemic, that's a very dangerous place to be.
0: Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. He's uh, Justin Katz, managing editor dot com. A lot more ahead. Leave it right here. A uh, quick break on the John DiPietro Show. This portion of the John DiPietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today your best lawn ever, guaranteed. 401 401 401- 392 1025 or online they have a great website lawndoctor.com what do they do well outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn Rhode Island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 392 1025 free uh, consultation and estimate 401. 401- 392-1025 Lawn Doctor and now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time release fertilizer professional blend of high calcium line Lawn Doctor go online check them out it's lawndoctor.com or call them today
2: 401-392-1025 Lawn Doctor Have you been thinking about updating your website? or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com. Right
0: now, I'll bet you could use some extra cash. Why not sell some of your gold, silver, other precious metals? Vero Industries, folks over 40 years experience, they will give you cash. They'll buy your gold, silver, other precious metals. Call Lee today at 401 Leo has over 40 years experience. It's V-E-R-O, Vero Industries. They will buy gold, silver, other precious metals, old, broken, new, silverware, jewelry, serving trays, tea, coffee sets, or pieces. Listen, why not right now? Sell it and get that cash that you need. Call Leo at Vero Industries, 401-434-8900 impeccable reputation folks they know the industry better than anyone and they'll give you what it's worth your gold silver also a buyer of individual coins coin collections watches half earring pieces and much more call leo at vero industries why not get some cash right now for that gold silver and other precious metals call leo 401 434 8900 weekend evening appointments are available to locations or at your location their location two locations east providence and warwick call them vero industries 401 434 8900 listen get cash for that gold silver other precious metals you have call leo 401 434 8900 one more time 434 8900 8,900. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor of oceanstatecart.com. Justin, I want to just stay again uh, on what happened when Governor Ramondo was announcing more restrictions. What do you make of the fact that um, even though she's saying that the large gatherings are what's causing it, suddenly they said that bars had to close at 11 o'clock? And when asked why 11, They didn't seem to really be able to come up with a number. What I also find, I don't think, it to me, it makes no sense. And that is you have, Block Island had zero cases. Uh, Narragansett one day had zero cases. Westerly had zero cases. Providence had 198 to 200 cases. What do you think of the bars being told the bar area must be emptied out? They have to close at 11. And you also have the situation that I really have a problem with, and that is that everyone's treated the same, even though this is prime time for tourism season in Narragansett, and Block Island and Westerly. They're treated the same as a bar in Providence, Central Falls that has to close at 11 o'clock.
1: Well, the, that's more evidence that this isn't, you know, the science-based decision making. It's just kind of arbitrary picking at it. And it's easy to say, okay, we have to, you have to close your bars. Here's, here's how, I'm enforcing this rule. People take me seriously. We're closing the bars at 11. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like just picking on somebody. Cause it's hard to argue. No, no, this is critical that people need to be able to stand at a bar until one o'clock. I mean, <laughs> you can't right. really do that. So it's, it's picking on something that's, that's easy to go after. Um, and now, although it does hurt, even some of Rhode Island, uh, we're, we're kind of in a position where a lot of our, our, The the groups like Chambers of Commerce and Hospitality Association that should should have been pushing back on these things for months. They they really they don't function properly in Rhode Island, and so they don't really serve their members' interests, in my opinion. But even they are starting to say, "Come on now, people have to earn a living." This is really starting to to take a a bite in the middle of tourist season. Uh, So it's and as you as you say, the the numbers just don't justify this. I mean, the governor starts to release numbers to to explain things. So for, for example, with schools, she's setting a limit of 100. What is it? 100 people per 100,000 in your town can't test positive in a week, uh, or else you can't have fully open schools. So to back this up, she releases numbers of town by town, how many people are testing positive. And in most towns in Rhode Island, they do a little less than five because they don't want to be, be able to identify people. So it's you know, one to four people uh, per week. And if, if the average disease lasts two weeks, Say that's that means you're you're talking you know one to what six people in a town of sixteen to twenty thousand for example in in Rhode Island how is it rational to just blanket across the state impose these rules on on businesses it's it's not and we really need to start asking where is this authority coming from i mean we're we're supposedly under emergency rules but in my view if you're i mean if you read the laws on on the emergencies it talks about things like shutting down a, a block or marking off areas that people can't enter that's because it's meant to be you know here there was an explosion here or there's a gas leak here or there's you know Whatever sinkholes or plagues in this in this little area here, instead we're getting broad statewide basis, and it applies no matter what and apparently no matter what the numbers are. I mean at some point, we have to say this isn't even a pandemic it's just a it's a virus that's new, and we don't know a lot about it. Does that mean we well we don't know what this is, let's shut everything down and give the governor total authority to do whatever she wants uh, you you have to hope at some point. Um, people will start to push back, and, and maybe they will, but but it won't be within. Maybe it won't happen until you know a, some months from now or a year from now when we really see the economic wreckage and the damage to people's lives that's being caused by this arbitrary rulemaking. Yeah, and I'll say, Justin. I
0: mean, we're five months into it. I, I don't know when some people are going to start to push back. There is an overarching theme, though, that no matter what, no matter what kind of job, you know, eighty percent of the places do say. Um, it's constantly, it doesn't seem to matter because then you're just punished along with those that don't do it correctly. So I think you also then, they start to take incentive away. If if it goes across the board and it's just arbitrary, all right, that's it. Everybody has to close or 11 or everyone has to do that. What, what's what's There's no incentive to do it the right way if you're just going to be treated along with the ones that don't do it the right way.
1: Yeah, and that's been one of the more, even people who I thought we were independently-minded in Rhode Island. I, there's a, oh, well, we all have to suffer now because a few didn't follow the rules. No, that's yeah. not how it works. You it know, shouldn't it, work. It, it's not how in the classroom when one person, one kid's talking and the teacher makes everybody stay after school for an hour. That's injustice. I mean, if you want to talk about injustice, that's what it looks like. Uh, but instead, there's it's almost like we've been trained to accept this idea that, well, well, we are a state and some people in the state are misbehaving. So now we all have to suffer. I mean, when did we become children? Uh, that's an, that's a, a question I think we need to start asking ourselves. You know, on, on one other
0: area I just want to explore in this is, and you and I have talked about it, but I, I was questioning Dr. Scott about what, why is, think about this, why is Block Island with zero cases? Why are they being treated the same as Providence that has 200 cases? And she talks about equity And it's important to say that, you know, the virus can go anywhere in the state. And to me, Justin, this becomes a political argument where they don't want to just, uh, you know, the restrictions and where they need to crack down and maybe do more of a focus and testing is three areas, Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls. Those are three school areas that are not going back in person because of what their testing numbers are. So to me it just makes no sense other than it's a that is a political agenda that you for some reason feel everyone should be treated the same even though as we know there's a huge
1: difference between say narragansett and Pawtucket. well i mean that starts to get to a great point i mean i'd say the the equity idea and i mean there's there's a reasonable (laughs) there's reasonable argument to be made there right it's it's just it's kind of not fair if if the least uh, the the least wealthy communities uh, or the co- communities that need the most help and the most services can't get them uh, because their numbers are high, while other communities can because their numbers are low. Even though those other communities are, are kind of of the kind that can better absorb economic and, and educational shock, uh, but that we we go the wrong direction, and that's that's a kind of a hallmark of progressive governance is well we can't we can't apply the rules that hurt these people who need help, uh, so we have to hurt everybody in order to be fair about it, and rather than actually trying to solve the initial problems, and I, once you once it starts becoming political, you have to you have to wonder how much else is political even in the urban areas where you're talking about so the for, for schools for example i mentioned the 100 people per 100,000 most communities in rhode island do not have 100,000 people so you're talking about a fraction of that so in central falls you have just under 20,000 people that means if in a given week more than 20 test positive you can't open schools that to me is an absurd standard and if you're going to enforce that standard why are you doing that well we're seeing a lot of teachers and special interests in the labor's union labor unions pushing to not go back to school so as we discussed last week it's like the communities that most need to the structured learning environment have the strongest special interest pushing back against that and that's i think could be the origin of a lot of this as well well, we can't go against the union in Providence and Central Falls, so we have to follow, we have to kind of kowtow to them, which means we have to pretend those areas are are dangerous hotspots and children are in trouble. And if we're doing that, then we can't let the rest of the state go free. And so this is how... But the political thinking gets you to this point. I mean, it, um, the, the director of health the other day was talking about uh, the importance of wearing masks. And she said, you're very likely to catch the disease if you're in a crowd with no mask. That's only true. And I wrote about this on oceanstatecurrent.com. That's only true if somebody in a crowd has it, if nobody has it. And as we say, even in a city like Providence, we're, you're talking about a, a couple hundred people who have it in a city of 160,000, I think something around there. No, your odds of actually bumping into somebody who have it are really small. And so that's it, wearing a mask doesn't matter. But it all p- goes back to the, the political need, the, the need to make it sound like a bigger thing than it is. Uh, the, you need to make it sound like we need to shut bars at 11 and have a police unit. It all comes back to that question of are we really making decisions based on the science and based on uh, the, the math of the situation or is it really just come down to politics and we kind of cover it up with some numbers and some statistics and some statement from some doctor somewhere in a, on the planet uh, that's that's i think where we are and I, it speaks to the, the unhealthy state of our politics these days
0: folks our segment is politics this week with uh, justin katz managing it at oceanstatecurrent.com a lot more ahead leave it right here on the john de show it's John petro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Autobody. Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true some of the uh, protesters they did they damaged my vehicle they broke the window on the side of my car so what did i do i brought it to west fountain auto body and you can call them today 272-3340 i had to get it fixed it was obviously damaged they also damaged part of the door and so i took it to west fountain i called kenny at west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 kenny and patricia west fountain folks they did a fantastic job with me i mean that's there was only one place i was going to bring it i needed to get my car fixed now listen if you're ever in an automobile accident something happens to your vehicle and you need to get it repaired call west fountain autobody 272-3340 272-3340 the original the best right behind the providence public safety complex it's west fountain autobody call them today 272-3340 they'll handle everything for you if you're in an accident something happens to your car bring it to west fountain 400 west fountain street providence right behind the providence public safety
2: complex west fountain autobody have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business at www.innovast.com.
0: A.E. Mazzica Insurance Services. Call today. Free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401-353-9300. Folks, A.E. Mazzica Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call. Free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV or an off-road vehicle AE Mazika Insurance Services call them today 353-9300-401 353-9300 let them help you save money it all starts with one phone call AE Mazika Insurance Services 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence why not let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook, and their website is aemazika.com. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380. Remember now, Providence and North are Providence. I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM you can always listen online at the website visit it to petro.com d-e-p-e-t-r-o dot com right on the top on the left hand side you'll see where it says listen live just click on that anywhere in the world you can listen while we're live on the air and then right below that on the dashboard at the website you'll see where it says radio show if you ever miss any part of the show you just click on radio show and folks boom there it is you can pull it up it's all in library fashion And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DiPietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DiPietro Show. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight. third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MIGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.